Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney episode number 38, Tips and Tricks. My name is Pete and joining me tonight is Tom. How you doing Pete? I'm a lot better now that Tiger finished over par. It, it should The episode should have been called It's Tricky. That's true. We're two guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and then let's do Disney. So how sore are you that Tiger went from two under to three over? Uh, you know, it was a bet that I felt good about with you, that he would finish under par. Uh, but it turns out I've now sent you Thirty-five dollars I owed you, and uh, you know, hopefully he gets he gets it right for the players next week. I don't think he will, but almost missed a cut. Anyway, good old pessimistic Pete. Pessimistic Pete. Enough about golf. As you can tell by the title of tonight's episode, we're going to be discussing Disney tips and tricks. There's a lot of stuff that we've mentioned or we've hit on, but we haven't really gone into detail in the tips and tricks that we use when we're planning and actually going on our Disney trip. So I felt like it would be a good uh, good episode to kind of go in depth in a lot of those. But before we get into that, let's go as always to Tom with the news. Tom, big news week this week, huh? A lot of news. Uh, much bigger than the last couple of weeks we've had. Uh, almost, do we have every park covered? I think we have every park covered this time. So let's dive right in. We're going to start over in Epcot. This is a welcome piece of news here. Looks like Disney's given us a construction update on Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, this will, you know, has been confirmed to be open in 2021, uh, but it looks like that Disney has basically started the foundation, uh, foundation pour for, for this attraction. It looks like it took about 17 hours, uh, about 300 workers, and used about 80 miles of rebar, uh, 960 truckloads uh, is what that would pretty much equate to. So it's a lot of rebar. That is, yeah. It's cool to see this kind of progress. Uh, as we kind of we build and, and 2021's one of the years we've kind of hit as the biggest year in Disney because everything should be complete by then. And that'll be the 50th anniversary, right? It will be. It will be. So that is uh, that's massive, massive news that we have begun the foundation uh, of Guardians of the Galaxy's roller coaster. I'm excited for this. I'm really excited for this. I don't know that it fits at Epcot, but I'm super excited about it. Yeah, you know, we kind of talked about that off air. I, I don't. I feel like all movie stuff should just be in Hollywood Studios, but is what it is. You know, Future World, you've got Mission Space, you kind of got the galaxy stuff going on there already. And it's going to be better than Ellen's Energy Adventure, regardless of what it is. So Yeah, it's certainly an update. I think they should leave some sort of, um, you know, Easter egg to Ellen Homage there. Homage to yep. Ellen yep, there. Absolutely. Yeah. And they probably will, knowing Disney. Moving on to Magic Kingdom. Taking the monorail, monorail ride over. We've talked about this event numerous times. Disney After Hours returns this summer. This is one of our favorite events that we have not been able to do. Uh, the dates they have are June 28th and 30th, July 7th, 9th, 14th, 20th, 21st, and 28th, and August 4th, 11th, and 30th. Uh, as it's been in the past, rather, guests with a ticket to Disney After Hours the Magic Kingdom will be able to get into the park slightly before closing at 7 p.m. and can stay for three hours past closing. This is a, a great event. If, if you want to, if you only care about attractions and you want to kind of have a secluded version of an experience in the park, Disney After Hours is, is the, the event for you. But I feel like this is going to cause Magic Kingdom to close early, right? Yeah. On those the, nights? 
it, you know, I think it does, and and that's certainly a shame. But you know, I I want more of this event, so I'm not necessarily complaining. No, I'm de- I'm definitely not complaining either. I think this is a good event, and if I lived in the Orlando area, I would take advantage of this as much as I could. Yeah, and I th- I think um just if you are looking to do it, it did sell out in the spring. Uh, this past spring, so go ahead and, and lock in your tickets early. I do. I don't have the price in front of me, but I do know they lowered the price from uh, where it has been in the past. Do you have any indication of how many people they limit this to? I don't, and they, they haven't released it. I, I will say people, there's been re- mixed reviews on it, but I think that was mainly due to the cost of a ticket versus you know your actual in-park experience. Now, moving on, uh, Night of Joy has been canceled for 2018 and beyond. So, I, you know, I, I, coming off of the heels of me saying, hey, they're expanding Disney After Hours, uh, they announced that Night of Joy will not be offered this year and is not expected to return any time in the future. This was semi-shocking, I guess, because it has attracted big names. And it's uh, been there for a long time. It has, yeah. And, and you have some pretty big Christian music artists that, that would come to this. Uh, Disney didn't really announce an official reason for why they're doing away with this. Uh, but did feel like it was kind of noteworthy because it's been going on here for a little bit. Moving over to Hollywood Studios, we continue to inch closer to Toy Story Land, which is certainly much needed for Hollywood Studios right now. I think a lot of people are just skipping the that park altogether uh, or not doing much more than a half day if they do anything there. Disney did release an on-ride video for Slinky Dog Dash. Pete and I both had a chance to watch it. Pete, do you want to give your opinion on the on-ride video? I wasn't super impressed. There's not a whole lot of theming other than, you know, obviously you're riding in Slinky Dog, but there's not a whole lot of theming there, is there? Well, I mean, you've got you've got Jesse, Woody, T-Rex all around, and you've got, you know, like the toys in the yard, because uh, the way this is supposed, and from my understanding, you're in Andy's backyard, and this is a roller coaster he built with his toys. And I think that's the general theme of Toy Story Land is that you've been shrunk down to the size of a toy. But yep. I don't know. I wasn't really impressed with this roller coaster. I know that it's not going to be anything like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. But but if you look at Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is not a super impressive roller coaster. But there's enough theming there and there's enough animatronics there that it, it kind of, I, I don't know, the, the ride being not great, the animatronics make up for that. Well, so I, I agree with you in the sense that I don't. It, it's going to be... <laughs> It's funny to call this a roller coaster because it's it's again we we hit that it's going to be something geared towards children, which is totally fine. And Seven Dwarves does that too. That's kind of like a junior roller coaster gets you ready for, you know, some bigger ones down the line. I I agree that it's not going to be as successful as Seven Dwarves, and I believe people are going to compare the two, and that could hurt the Slinky Dog Dash. Uh, but it was interesting. If you haven't checked it out, you can just YouTube on ride video Slinky Dog Dash Disney World. Uh, you probably don't have to put all that in there, and and you can see it for yourself. Uh, it does show you, you know, the attractions, twists and turns, and it's a it's a decent length roller coaster, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, it, it definitely is not the over the top theming that makes Seven Dwarfs so much fun. Moving over uh, to Animal Kingdom, it looks like they're moving uh, or doing away with for a, a short period of time the Wilderness Explorer location. Uh, Guests visiting Disney's Animal Kingdom, uh, specifically with kids who are looking to experience the Wilderness Explorer activity, should know that the station in Dinoland USA has been moved uh, from the Dino Bite Snacks area to the queue of Dinosaur. Uh, Of course, Donald's Dino Bash is coming in a few weeks, and that's kind of the idea or thought behind the move. Uh, So if you do have children and that's something you had 
planned within the next few weeks, just know that the you know the um, activity area has been moved to the queue of dinosaur. Getting into some general news here. This is awesome to me. Online lost and found system coming soon. We've shared the amount of items that are lost at Disney World. I'm sure one could imagine. Sunglasses, cell phones, hats, you know, you name it. Uh, it's, it's lost on attractions. Looks like they're coming with a, a new online system that'll be on the official Disney website. And so it's DisneyWorld.com slash lost and found. And once the item is lost and reported, cast members will load this to the website and you'll be able to, you know, see if, if anything's come of whichever item you lost on an attraction that day. I think this is great. I really do. And and I think it's going to take some time for the cast members to get everything set up and everything put in like they should. But I think this is going to make, and I've lost stuff at Disney World before. I'm sure you have too. So I, this is going to make finding that a lot easier. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things that I um, really think is, is cool and they didn't highlight it in the announcement, but I'm sure it'll be some sort of a system like, here's my address. You know, you can send it, send it here or Maybe, you know, you've left Disney and you need it. This is, a, this is a welcomed, you know, value add that Disney's bringing in. I know that when my mom went with her students last time, one of them lost an iPad. And so this would have been a great tool for them to get the iPad returned to them. Yep, absolutely. And in that trip, they did find the iPad. They did, but yep. but they had but to go. Took a, they had to. Yep. It took a long time, and they all had to go pick it up. So, and, and when you have a school trip like that, you can't you know leave some students here and some here. You got to take them all with you. Uh, last piece of news: looks like there's a new Star Wars Run Disney event that's been announced uh, for the weekend of April fourth to the seventh, twenty nineteen. It'll have the five k, ten k half marathon, uh, and I believe you choose which side of the force you want to be on during the race or you'll run for during the race. Uh, so it does kind of have like a rival feel to it. Disney's been really successful with these, so it doesn't surprise me. And, I mean, is this a hint of when Galaxy's Edge is opening in 2019? I mean, can we start be. kind of penciling in near April? You know, th- this is um, that is obviously the big-ticket item that we're waiting for uh, in Hollywood Studios. And I can't imagine Galaxy's Edge opening can be much behind you know, this uh, this Run Disney event, Star Wars themed. So, rumor mill's churning. I'm putting it out there. May, Memorial Day weekend in uh, 2019 is when we're going to see Star Wars Land Galaxy's Edge. So, around a year from now. Yep, that's what I'm saying. I hope so. I'm excited. A year later, we can look back and reference this episode as you heard it here first. All right, so any more news? No, unless, unless you've got anything you came across you wanted to share. No, nothing major from me. So... Before we get into our main topic for tonight, we'll go ahead and pause for a minute to hear from our partner. This episode was brought to you by Destinations with Character Travel Agency, where quality service and client satisfaction are their top priority. Family time and memory making are so important, so trust the many dedicated and professional travel consultants at Destinations with Character to plan your dream vacation. They will provide you and your loved ones the most magical vacations possible, and they take great pride in meeting each client's needs, all while staying within budget and providing multiple options to make your vacation dreams a reality. With over 30 agents across the country, Destinations with Character Travel Agency has the resources to give each client dedicated one-on-one service. So experience their over 50 years of expertise at Disney parks, cruises, and travel as Destinations with Character Travel Agency takes the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy it to the fullest. Simply give them a call to get started at 630-308-2350 and let the magic begin. 
Destinations with Character Travel Agency, making dream vacations come true every single day. You can reach them at their email account, D-E-S-T-W-I-T-H-C-H-A-R at Comcast.net, or their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. All right, so as I talked about before, we're going to talk about some Disney tips and tricks, things we've mentioned in the past, things we've brought up, but we're going to try to discuss all those in depth and detail on this episode. Tom, I think the first and most important thing that we can discuss on Disney tips and tricks is the My Disney Experience app. This tool that Disney has put out there is going to be a a really valuable resource to you both before your trip and during your trip. So before your trip, what are you doing on the Disney Experience app my disney experience app before your trip because i'm a a a freak i'm watching wait times every day uh, around you know this you know if if i'm going to disney in two weeks and i'm going to be in animal kingdom on a wednesday at noon i'm looking at wednesday at noon wait times okay but even further out than that you're making fast pass reservations here yeah this is you're right you're making dining reservations here Mm -hmm. yep absolutely this app has taken everything to the cell phone for your planning and it's kind of your bible while you're in, you know, this is, this is where you're, you're going to work from. So once you get to the, once you get to Disney world, you get into the parks, you've used your three fast passes. This is where the Disney experience app really comes into its own. You're not going to a fast pass kiosk to add more fast passes. You're pulling up your, my Disney experience app and you're adding fast passes at that point. You don't have another choice. I mean, this is, this is the easiest way by far to do that. Yeah. I think obviously the fast pass one is huge. Uh, because this is where you're, this is how you, you know, manage the park. Another one that's big, and again, I alluded to it for a few weeks out, but it, while I'm in the park, I'm looking at wait times. You know, maybe there's a Pirates Caribbean Fast Pass open, but there's also a 10-minute wait time. So maybe I don't want to use the Fast Pass there. Yeah, and this is this is big because Disney does have boards with wait times on them, right? Yeah, and, and this is something we've talked about in previous episodes, but the amount of time you save now from just you know, pulling up your cell phone in this tech tech world we live in to check a wait time versus when you used to have to walk back to the, you know, the main street or back to the front of Epcot or back basically to the front of Hollywood studios to check wait times. It's all, it's all at your, it's all at your fingertips. I, I agree with, with Pete. This is definitely a tip and trick that is public knowledge, but is powerful knowledge. You need to know, you need to understand how to utilize this. Yeah. Make sure. I mean, if, if nothing else, even if you're not doing fast pass, res, fast passes, or if you're not doing dinner reservations or whatever, download the app for the wait times. It's definitely worth it. And, and if you're not doing fast passes or dinner reservations, well, mainly fast passes, you need to, you need to go back to the beginning of Mindu Disney, listen all the way through. Cause you'll hear the importance of that. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. You know, and- So what else can you do here? Once you get to the park, this app will tell you everything that you have planned. It'll tell you all your dining reservations. It'll tell you the attractions that you want to go on. It'll tell you the shows that you want to see. But you can also order, you know, you can also do mobile ordering from the Disney app. Yeah, and that's a that's a good point. And, and while we're here talking about this particular, uh, in particular, say, you know, we're talking to a husband and wife and you're taking your two kids and... Uh, maybe the daughter wants to go to Fantasyland and the son wants to go to Frontierland. Having the My Disney Experience app on both phones, so the father and the mother's phone, if they're splitting up and taking the kids, you know, different directions, is great because you can see your plans. So maybe, you know, you guys have a dinner reservation at a character dining at five thirty. Okay, let me pull up the app and see if we have time. So. This kind of keeps your day in order for you to have all your plans, fast pass, reservations for the entire stay at Disney. You can look, 
you know, all the way to the end of your stay and, and see, you know, w- what do I have planned? What's come available? What's what's the next step for us? But not only that, if if you're trying to decide, hey, do I need to go to Fantasyland? If you need to go to Tomorrowland, this will help you decide where are you going to be able to go to get on the most attractions right now. Maximize your time, yep. Maximize your I time. I mean, Pete likes to break down the Disney trip by the minute. How much money is he spending <laughs> per minute? I do, and every minute you're standing there waiting in line. I mean, how much is that costing yep. you? And it's a lot. I can tell you, it's. You a don't lot. even want to know the numbers he shared. It, it makes you. Uh, well, you know what? I mean, it makes you really utilize your time. It makes you understand. Okay, if I'm spending this, you know, a premium for this vacation, I want to do it to the best of my ability. It does. It definitely does. So, what else do you have on here? You've also will have soon bus times. So when the buses are going to come? This is probably the one I'm most excited about, and maybe because it's the newest, but also because this is this is huge to know when a bus is going to come. And we've t- we talked about it in the news segment that we shared this in. Again, if a bus is coming at 7.15 in the morning, that does not mean you get to the bus stop at 7.13 and expect to get on that bus. Agreed. But it does kind of, okay, you know, we're still getting ready in the room. There's a 7.15 bus coming in at 7.45. Let's, let's strive to be there by 7.20 to get on that 7.45 bus. I mean, it, this again mm-hmm. is maximizing your time and you know it's not fun standing around and waiting nobody likes doing that nobody does now this again doesn't give you any indication of how many people are waiting for the bus or how many bus cycles you're going to have to wait through to get on that bus actually but it does give you an idea of when the buses are going to arrive Uh, another one that that we used on every trip that i've been on since the app came out we we have not bought the photo pass but every picture that's taken while you're on an attraction does populate in the photo pass section of the app. Very true. You don't have to actually wait at the end of the ride to look at your picture anymore. It'll automatically put itself in your My Disney Experience app. And and we've used that to determine if we want to purchase it or not. Correct. You know, the, the one picture we did not purchase that we should have going on Splash Mountain. The the best Splash Mountain picture ever, Yeah, I think right? Disney probably uses it as like an advertisement of how much fun you can have. <laughs> what else? What else do you use it for, Pete? So you can look at parade times, you can look at show times, you can look at park hour times. All that you should really already know as part of your trip planning, but it is in the My Disney Experience app. Yeah, and you even see the you know extra magic hours if you are staying on property or in some of those good neighboring hotels mm-hmm. that have access to that now. So going back to your trip planning phase, Tom, I know this is something that you used to do every year, but Disney will actually send you a, a video, right? Yeah, so we were talking about this off air. And I kept calling a VHS a VCR for some reason. But Disney used to send this. And this was not only part of our planning, but this was part of our let's build excitement. And, you know, they have one that comes out annually. I'll be totally honest with you. Not much changes from it. Uh, You know, new attractions, maybe new restaurants, new shows. that They have a little clip. But anyway, it's a vacation planning video. And it walks you through Everyday Park, Disney, a little bit of Disney Springs, maybe hits a couple of the resorts. It's, it's, It's really cool. It's a good way to get your kids excited. I can remember one of our trips, uh, we had the, the van that had, you know, the pull-down TV screen in it, and we're thinking we're going to the beach. You know, you're a kid, and you're watching movies, and uh, my mom actually said, well, I'm going to put a movie in for you guys. Uh, go ahead and get your headphones, and it was the Disney vacation planning movie, and that's when it hit us that we're going to Disney World right now. And so- That is really You funny. can use this uh, in, in a multitude of ways, and I, I this is embarrassing, but I'll watch it every year, even if I'm, I'm not going. Uh, you can pull it up on YouTube and watch the entire thing. And that's what I was going to say. It's not as exciting now because I don't know that they're still sending DVDs out. They used to send either a VHS out or a DVD out. Now it's I know it's up on YouTube. I think you can watch it on YouTube. Yeah, and if you ask the cast member, they would they could probably send you a link to it uh, if you wanted like official Disney website. 
uh, where you can, because YouTube version, you know, like the DVD, you could pick which part, you know, I want to watch something on Magic Kingdom. The YouTube version goes through the entire thing. So mm-hmm. it's somebody just clicking. So like, here's the Magic Kingdom section, here's the Animal Kingdom section. But it's pretty, it's pretty cool video. So I think this was a, a good tip and trick, uh, especially if you're trying to surprise somebody like my family did to me. So let's, let's talk about just general resort tips. So you're trying to choose a resort, you're at a resort. I think the the thing that a lot of people don't think about, I know that not all of us or not many of us are fortunate enough to be Disney Vacation Club members, but that doesn't mean you cannot take advantage of the Disney Vacation Club resorts. You can't take advantage of the Disney Vacation Club rooms. It is actually possible, and there are several websites out there that allow you to rent Disney Vacation Club points. Now, this is going to allow you to get into rooms that are a lot nicer than you would typically see staying at just a general Disney resort for about the same amount of money. Don't get me wrong. You're not going to go in here and save a ton of money staying at a DVC club room, but you could get into, you know, if you've got a family of five, you could get into a DVC villa for about the same price that you would pay for one room at Animal Kingdom Lodge or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. So this is, this is kind of situational to me. My wife's family has rented DVC points before, and they have a larger family. Typically, a larger crowd goes. And say you know, say you had a family of, I don't know, say 12. You know, a lot of folks are going. You would spend more money getting three or four rooms at a, at a at a resort than you would getting some sort of a villa or suite at a Disney Vacation Club. Now, I, I will warn you, there are some, I view this as a downside. Pete and I have talked about this before. If you were to book through a DVC member's points, they're kind of still in control. Like you would have to go through them to make adjustments on things because the trip, correct me if I'm wrong, is like they're, if you, if you put like an umbrella over it, their name would be the umbrella. You would just be kind of under them. Yes, and you can still have the same Disney trip renting DVC points that you would just booking through the Disney website, but it is a little bit more complicated. You know, you can get the DVC member to add a meal plan for you, to add tickets for you, all that kind of stuff, but it is a little bit more complicated than just going onto a website and adding things. It's just one more line of communication, and from what I've read, again, this is not something we've taken advantage of, but everyone seems to, like, not many people have an issue with it. Everyone... You know, everyone's friendly. They, they want to be as friendly as possible because if, if you buy their DVC points, they're hoping you buy them again in the future too, you know, if there's a, an mm-hmm. opportunity there. So this is a really good one because you can get in some unique spaces. I was just going to say, you can get into some resorts and some rooms that, you know, would otherwise cost you twice as much yep. by running DVC points. So you can stay at the Contemporary for what you would pay, maybe not Pop Century, but maybe for a moderate hotel yep. by running yep. DVC points. I'll tell you another one that is... uh that's pretty neat, and it's something that we took advantage of on my last trip. Understanding the bus stops, the bus stop order, and the ones closest to your room. So, in general, yeah, it's very important. In general, and and it's, it isn't so much to like you know your value resorts typically have like one main bus stop, and that that is what it is. But you get into like the moderate level, uh, some of these larger resorts. Uh, we can use Port Orleans Riverside for example. They had four bus stops. And our first day there, we went where everyone else in the world goes, to the bus stop by the check-in. Because that's the one everyone's seen, and they know how to get there. Mm -hmm. They're often leaving the food court for eating breakfast and right there on the bus. It was not until, and we waited uh, multiple bus rides, and I realized, hold on, there's a pattern to this. We need to figure out where they pick up first. And as it worked out, they did not pick up first there, and there was a closer bus stop to our room. So be aware of that. Because you can, you know, miss out on um, 
you know, really maximizing your opportunity to get on a bus. Yeah, know where the bus stops are at the resort. Know where your room is. Know where your room is in relation to the bus stops. It's gonna it's gonna help a lot. When my wife and I stayed at the Pop Century, we we got a preferred room, and that preferred room was right by the food court. So obviously, we used the bus stop right by the food court. But a lot of these resorts do have multiple bus stops. A lot of the resorts, you know, the, the the pattern is very clear. You can see where the buses go first, where they go last, and you can kind of plan your day accordingly. That's going to save you a lot of time when it comes to getting to the parks and getting back from the parks. The other thing I'll say about resorts is how long are you going to be in the resorts? Tom, you and I, whenever we go to Disney World, we typically book the cheapest room we can find, right? Within reason. Yeah, we, you know, because our the trip that Pete and I both plan when we go with our wives or with our families or, you know, like the men do Disney trip. It's, it's all about being in the parks. That's not everyone's exactly. Cup of tea. Now the next trip that I take, I may have to stay at the Grand Floridian and my wife may have to have a spa day. And, you know, I may have to make some concessions to get her to go back on that trip with me. Well, and so I'm, and the fact <laughs> I have that to pony up a little you bit. guys have a little one, you know, you may nap time, you know, comes into play. <laughs> That's true too. And so that's that's another important fact is know how long it's going to take you to get from your room to the park. If you're staying at All Star and you're going to Magic Kingdom, it's a long bus ride. You know, we have a we, we know a couple, my wife and I, and they go to Disney almost annually and they stay at Contemporary and I've told them, you know, there's better ways you, you know you can do it cheaper, but they have a child under the age of 5 or 6 now. Under yeah, 5 or 6 years old she is now and and it 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 is it's worth their money to have the monorail from Magic Kingdom to Contemporary. That's something that they value. And, and from Epcot. They value it. You know, they can... Yeah, and it... Because how long does it take them to get from two... Well, really three of the parks, because Hollywood Studios are pretty close too, yeah. back to their they room. they can a monorail to Epcot as well. And and that's something that, you know, I, I tell them they could go for a longer period and for the same amount of money if they stayed at a cheaper hotel, but it means more to them to, you know, have that short travel uh, distance between the parks. Because you have to go back multiple times with the little one. So finally... And I think this is the most important thing about resorts that I can say. If you are planning to start your Disney vacation, if you're planning to go to the parks Friday morning, do not check in to Disney hotels Thursday night. Check into the Disney hotel Friday morning. I do this on every trip that I go. It is a lot cheaper to stay off property at a hotel. So let's say your Disney vacation starts Friday morning. You're going to the parks Friday morning. Stay outside the park Thursday night. Find a room outside the park, 15 minutes outside the park, whatever. Get up early, check in. And you can actually check in online now. You can check in early now. You can drop your bags off at the Disney Hotel and, and be at the parks for rope drop. This is one of the things that I take advantage of as well and something that we both find uh, to be greatly beneficial on your vacation. This is something we've done for years. Uh, not, not just uh, you know since Pete and I have really been diving into to Disney stuff, but my family... We would do the same thing. You know, say our, our trip started on a Friday. We'd leave on a Thursday night, maybe, you know, even if we had to, didn't want to take a day off work or whatever. Check in. You know, now it makes it a lot easier. You can do the pre-check in and drop your bags off and move. But it's really nice because say your room's in the middle of your resort. It's not fun going from the parking lot carrying all your bags. And so for for you to be able to drop your bags off, go ahead and start taking advantage of that Disney transportation. Hop on a bus. And then you get back that night after a long day in the parks and your bags are already in the room for you. Like you just hop on a bus and walk to your room. This is a big one. And I would not waste 
uh, a night on a Disney Resort hotel if I'm arriving at night, if that makes sense. So what I'm saying is if you're going to get on 8 p.m., no point to stay on property, to Pete's point. Cheaper options off property, even if you stay, you know, 20 minutes out, you know, you can stay over there. You can even stay near Disney Springs. Uh, say you get in at 6 p.m. at night, it's not worth it to go on Disney Resort or try to get into the park that night. Go to Disney Springs, relax, enjoy. Uh, you, do, you know, maybe do a little Disney shopping then. Uh, so I, I totally agree that arrive early a.m. on the day of your check-in to fully take advantage of all the perks there. Because you're going to spend, let's let's look at this from a just a dollar standpoint. The cheapest I've ever seen at Disney Value Resort is what, 120 130 a night? Yep. Yeah, 110 maybe. Yeah, there are a lot of hotels you can get a lot cheaper than that that are just outside of Main Gate. And you're not missing anything because you're going to stay there one night and you're going to get up at 6 a.m. or 5.30, whatever, or 4.30 if you're me and you're super excited about your trip. And you're going to go straight to the park and you're going to check in, drop off your bags and, and go straight to the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Take, you know, I, I give that I give that advice to everybody that I meet. Do not plan on staying at Disney property the first night of your vacation. Yeah, I, I mean, even looking back on our most recent trips, I think we stayed a couple miles out on the Mendu Disney. We did. Uh, my last trip with my wife, we stayed at like a Hilton or something. The stayed first at night. Disney Springs, right? And then my last trip with uh, wife and mom, we stayed at Disney Springs. Uh, there's a hotel. Uh, it was like a double tree or something that we stayed at going into the first day. So mm-hmm. our our first day in the resort hotel, we got there at seven fifteen. We dropped our stuff off, kind of got a lay of land, and then hopped on a bus and let Disney do the driving. Well, on on the Mindy Disney trip, we pulled up and literally <laughs> ran to the bus, right? We like Jumped through the bushes idiots. to make it. Jumped through the bushes to run on a bus to make it to Magic Kingdom. Or no, I'm sorry. It was, um, it was, it was Epcot. Epcot. It was Epcot. It was Epcot. Mm-hmm. Now, how about um, moving away from the resort? So now we're, let's let's work our way into the parks. Okay. What general park tips? Uh, and, and we're going to we're gonna dive into this. But just overall, what's, what are some general park tips you'd like to, to take advantage of? Num- number one for me is... Get to the park at rope drop. And I know this is difficult depending on what kind of trip you're having, who you're with, if you've got kids or not. But to me, getting to the park at park open is super important. You're basically getting one or two or maybe three rides, depending on how busy it is, for free that you don't have to wait in line on. I think of going to Magic Kingdom, going straight to Fantasyland, getting on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I mean, you could do Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Peter Pan, and Dumbo without waiting in line for any of them. Yeah, I agree. I, I think getting there rope drop is critical. And if, if we're talking about arriving at the park, take advantage of secret entrances where you can. Uh, I've seen people swear by taking an Uber to the boardwalk. And if you're trying to say you're trying to get on Frozen first thing in Epcot and going into Going through the International Gateway. Gateway. Yeah, because yeah. You, it puts you a little closer to Norway. It's much less people there. And, you know, if you don't have a fast pass, that's an opportunity to – to uh, you know, get on it pretty quick. But I think it's important that you are strategic with your planning on what rides you're going to ride. I couldn't agree more. Don't go on the li- the rides that typically have short lines first. So don't go to Magic Kingdom and get on Dumbo. Well, that's not true because Dumbo normally has a long ride. But don't go to don't go to Magic Kingdom first and go to Carousel of Progress. Or don't go to Epcot yep, yep. and go to Spaceship Earth. Don't go to Animal Kingdom and do it's tough. Uh, it's tough to be a bug. It's tough to be a bug. Yeah, 
don't go to well, I was going to say don't go to Hollywood Studios. Maybe just don't go at all right now because there's only a few attractions to pick from. They're all pretty busy. Mm-hmm. You know this this is a big one, and, and I see this. You could use this same principle at any amusement park. Don't walk. I mean, I see so many people run to Spaceship Earth, and I'm sitting there thinking, you're going to go on this ride right now when it's probably the most traffic it's going to see all day. Because mm-hmm. everyone's like, ooh, attraction. Instead, and, and you do have a lot of people who make their way to Test Track, Soarin', and to a lesser degree, Mission Space. But be, be very strategic in how you uh, handle your attraction riding. Uh, if that, I, mean, I don't know a better way pick, to put it. Pick, pick the popular rides. So if we go through all the parks, Magic Kingdom, you've got Seven Horse Mine Train. You've got Space Mountain. Splash you've Mountain. got Splash Mountain to yeah. an extent. Epcot, you've got Test Track, Test Track and Soren and Frozen. Oh, Frozen and Frozen and Frozen. Animal Kingdom, you've got Kilimanjaro Safaris and then the two Pandora rides. Yep. And then Hollywood Studios. I mean, everything's popular right now because it's there's nothing there. But it's but in in a normal in normal circumstances, prior to the up the you know add-ons that they're getting, it was, it was Tower Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster and Toy Story Mania. You can't and leave Toy that Story one out. Mania. I mean, that one's pretty. Busy. I mean, that's three of the four rides there. Yeah, but I'm just saying you can't leave it out because it's busy. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I agree. Now, another thing that I've you and you and Matt talked about this. You got to embrace the rain at Disney World. One, it rains often. It ra- it rains a lot, and it, it if you're in the summer, it's gonna rain when you're at Disney World. I, I agree. I would plan every day as if it's going to rain. Bring a poncho. Just like if you go in the winter. You almost plan every day to bring a sweater in case you get cold that evening. And and that's kind of another tip right there is bring a poncho because if you don't bring a poncho that you can buy for 99 cents online, Disney will charge you $15 for a poncho. And then it'll, as it always works, it'll stop raining. Within 15 minutes. Yep. Yeah, this is, and you see, you see people when it rains choose to shop. You see people choose to wait for attractions that are indoors, you see people go back to the resort. So this is when you hit those, you know, not a Space Mountain, you'd hit a Splash Mountain. You know, in Epcot, pretty much all those wait, all the queues are indoors there. But avoid, I mean, Test Track shuts down when it rains a lot. It does, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. So, but avoid the avoid the the rides that are indoors and go to the outdoor rides when it rains. Mm-hmm. People are going to provided leave. they're still running, provided there's yeah. not lightning. People, people are going to leave because the rides are going to shut down. I mean, even Splash Mountain, if it is lightning and thundering, it's it's typically not going to last that long. So hang out at Splash Mountain, go on Big Thunder, and wait for wait because for Splash Mountain to open. Pour out of that wait line. Mm-hmm. They pour out of the queue when when it starts to rain and oh, the ride's shut down. They pour out of it. Now another one we've we've addressed, and and this is one of my favorite things. That's why I'm jumping the gun. I really want to share it. Pete and I on our last trip had to. Uh, we wanted to purchase our our wives something they really wanted, and the yeah, chip we, mugs, right? Yeah, the chip mugs, and we 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 do Disney at a reckless pace, and so it's not safe for us to be carrying around breakables. And so what we did, we sent our stuff to the front of the park. Uh, we couldn't send it to the room just at the timing and length of stay, but we did send it to the front of the park. And that's that's a tip that people don't take advantage of nearly enough. You know, you see people. On your next vacation, just try Carrying to look around. around gift bags, and yeah, you see people with bags on bags on bags, and that's you already have enough to carry at Disney. You already have enough crowds to try and squeeze through. You don't need extra bags, and so send your send your send your souvenirs to the front of the park or your room. 
Even if you're not staying on Disney property, you can get stuff sent to the front of the park. If you are staying on Disney property, again, it's a timing thing. Depending on how much longer you're going to be at the resort, you can get it sent directly to your room. It's a great point, and I hope everyone heard what he said. Even if you're not staying on Disney property, you can still get it sent to the front of the park. There, there's no criteria past having a park admission ticket to utilize that that trick at Disney World. And And, and really... I think we talked about this in our last episode. You can get things mailed to your home if you really want. Now, I think Disney charges you for it. I think they charge you shipping on it. But, you know, think about it. Is it, is it worth packing back in your bags to take on the plane? Or would you rather just have it mailed? Yeah. Would you rather have it sent to the front of the park? You know, that's you've a got good options here. And because a lot of people do, you know, we're fortunate enough we can drive to Disney World and we typically have room left in the in the car. But if you are flying, you know, it's, you know, checking a bag is... I don't, I don't like to put any breakables in it. <laughs> it ain't bag. cheap. It's not cheap, and, and you just, you know, people typically rummage through it to make sure there's nothing else in the bag, so you just don't know what shape the bag and all the, the items in it will be in uh, when, when it gets back. So that's a, that's a really good point, Pete. So the last thing I'll say about parks, we've talked about this in the past. I don't know what my opinion on this is because it seems like it goes back and forth. Extra magic hours. Man. It really depends on what time of year you go. If you go to a park that has extra magic hours during the busy time of year. So during the summer, during spring break, at Christmas, that park is going to be a lot more crowded. If you go to a park that has extra magic hours in the winter, during hurricane season, you're going to get to ride a couple of extra rides. I don't know where my where my stance is either because I think like there's value in doing it in Animal Kingdom to a degree. There's, you know, I we we did it on um, my most recent trip to Disney. We took advantage of the extra magic hours and the very merry Christmas party the same day. And we rode four attractions without a fast pass in that hour. But in general, I think we hit the perfect storm because when there is a hard ticketed event at the end of the day that closes the park early, less people go to that park to start with. Yes, absolutely. So you guys did get a perfect storm in that you had extra magic hours at Magic Kingdom and then... A very merry Christmas party. On the day that we had the ticket, too. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, it was... So, I don't know. This is something that... We we probably don't want to put you in a box one way or the other. This is for you to decide. I will tell you, if if you're planning to take advantage of extra magic hours, it's not smart, uh, as a nice way I can put it, to not be there at Rope Drop for extra magic hours. It's not smart to take advantage of it and get there 30 minutes after it starts. Absolutely. If, if you're going to do extra magic hours, you need to be at the park 30 minutes before the extra magic hours start. Because otherwise you're, you're otherwise you're 30 minutes behind all these other people. And you're just wasting it. You wasted it. Yep, exactly. And if you do do it, maybe this is a day that you split. Maybe there's extra magic hours at Hollywood Studios. This may be one place where I would say you could knock out all f- four attractions. There's four still with Star Tours. You can knock there out all four. four attractions probably in an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, easily if there's extra magic hours, and, and then you and then you leave. I mean, that's it for you. Or if you want to ride, if you want to ride rock and roller coaster multiple times, you can do that during extra magic hours. You can you can really kind of do that at, at the opening of you know just general opening of the park too. But extra magic hours, it's it's a lot easier. Moving, uh, so we're in the park. Let's talk about dining tips. Okay, this is so my my number tips. one my number one tip for dining make advanced dining reservations make your advanced dining reservations as far out as you possibly can that's a great tip (laughs) yeah this is something that we've harped on so we don't need to spend a lot of time at least on the adr portion of this the advanced dining reservation we've harped on this uh you you 
if you're a listener of, of any extent, you pretty clearly understand where our stance is here. This is, Pete talks about it all the time. You're spending a lot of money. We, we don't, we're not going to pretend Disney's cheap. It, it's an expensive vacation for a family. And so you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't make your advanced dining reservations. And, you know, there's, there's two routes to go. You know, you can certainly do your trip yourself or you can, you know, line up with a travel agency like Destinations of Character Travel. They can do that for you. Uh, they'll make the reservations you want when you want them. Uh, so this is a huge point. I mean, th- this makes the rest of the things we're going to talk about uh, happen. It, it absolutely does. Now, if you cannot get the advanced dining reservations you want, typically, and, and not always because there are some exceptions to this, but typically meals that are outside of the parks, so that are at resorts, that are at Disney Springs, are going to be a lot easier to get. It's going to be a lot easier for you to get reservations for this. And specifically character meals, but but really all meals outside the parks are going to be a lot easier to get. I was going to ask you about that because I think you brought up a good point referencing the character meals. Because when you go to Magic Kingdom and say uh, you don't do the park hopper, you probably don't want to leave Magic Kingdom unnecessarily. So, you know, Disney does a good job of diversifying their characters. And it's, it's really neat to go to Crystal Palace, for example. And you get Winnie the Pooh and Friends, uh, Piglet, Tigger, Eeyore, you know, all those guys are there. And that probably, I would, in general, that fills up quicker than Chef Mickey's at Contemporary. Not, has nothing to do with the actual characters in place. It has much more to do with, we don't have to exit the park and hop on a monorail. We don't have to, you know, waste um, what some people may view as unnecessary time. So I think character meals especially can be easier and cheaper, but in general, it's easier to get a reservation at probably Ohana than it is Be Our Guest. Yeah, just because it is in the park. Yep. And and that may be an extreme example, just because Be Our Guest and Beauty and the Beast and how popular that is. But you get what I'm saying. I mean, that, Pete, yeah, right. It's because it's, it's in the park. That, that That's a huge factor in it. So, so another important dining tip is to eat at off times. So don't go try to eat lunch at 12 o'clock. Don't try to eat dinner at five, between five and six. I feel like you're going to have a lot better availability. You know, if, if you can eat dinner or lunch at 3.30, I mean, a 3.30 lunch, yeah, it's late, but you eat a 3.30 lunch and then you're on schedule for like a nine o'clock dinner, it's going to open up a whole lot more options for you on the dining front. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this on, on, on the eat it off times. I, I don't have kids, but I do understand that you have children on an eating schedule. Everyone has children on an eating schedule. So if there's any way you can vary from that plan maybe a month before and start, you know, kind of because Disney is definitely built for children and families and a cranky child can make for a, a difficult vacation. And I understand if your child eats at 12 or one, that that's his, you know, his or her lunchtime every day that you want to keep that consistent because you want them to stay happy. You know, I get hangry and I'm, I'm too old to get hangry. I should be able to control myself. But Pete is 100% right. If You have to be very flexible, especially on these tougher dining reservations. And so one of my tips, when we do Be Our Guest, I, like last time, we, we, we land, I landed, we, our last two times we've landed a Be Our Guest quick service lunch, which is arguably more difficult than a dinner because it's quick service and you can still get to do the restaurant. But we were totally flexible one time. You know, we, we said- It didn't matter. We would eat a lunch at 11 a.m. or we would eat a lunch at- Whatever three fifty, two o'clock or yeah, three o'clock, whatever the last whatever. lunch is. Yeah. It was. We would plan our day to eat there, uh, and again, that does open up. You know, dinners. I've I've eaten a dinner at five o five at a restaurant I wanted to be at because, you know, we actually I think I actually skipped lunch that day. I think it was I think it was Ohana. 
And, and finally, I'll just say, if, if you cannot get the table service restaurants you want, if you are going to you do quick service, use mobile ordering. Don't wait in line for quick service. There are so many restaurants. I mean, the majority of restaurants offer mobile ordering now. U- utilize that. Don't wait in line for your food. That is so dumb at this point when you could just get the My Disney Experience app, get on there, order your food, pay, and literally walk up and pick up your food. I think this is another good point that really piggybacks off what I was just saying. Say you, you're you trying to keep your, your, your child on a schedule or you know you're, you're going to be hungry. You know at 150 your food's going to be there if you do mobile ordering. You know when you can go in there and get it. Uh, on our, We've talked about this on our Disney for the non-Disney episode. If you have people who are maybe on the fence about Disney, this is very critical to, to uh, keep people happy. Food food makes people happy. It does. I, I love eating, you know. So I'm I'm very much a proponent of mobile ordering. And I will never wait in line for Disney food again because you don't I wait in mobile. line for Chick Fil A food. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't wait in Chick Fil A. I don't wait in Starbucks. Anybody that has an app where I can pre-order food, it, it's dumb to wait in line. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I've anytime we do like a tailgate, you mobile order everything and. Walk and in, get our food, it's and keep ready. moving. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, here, here's one that I shared with Pete that we have kind of more recently discovered. If you look at quick services across the board, we'll be the first to tell you it's pretty generic. It's not the most most healthy food. It's like a burger and fries. It's a chicken sandwich and fries. It's chicken fingers, which are fantastic, and fries. You actually can tell them you don't. And again, this is excluding the Disney dining plan because you've kind of paid for that in advance. Say you're paying for each meal. Tell them you don't want fries and you knock a couple bucks off your meal. People assume because of the way the menu looks that you have to get that combo. There's no a la carte items. If you want a burger and no fries or no chips, whatever the side is, just tell them you don't want it and, and you'll knock a few bucks off. That's and, a and cool same thing. thing here. You can you can not get dessert and you can get a bottle of water too. So they will let you substitute uh, substitute things for your dessert. Well, n- now that we've hit a, a few different items in the park, uh, I think we. As much as we talk about Fantasmic, we have to mention show tips, right? Yeah, I think so. So, in general, I'm going to give you you know three quick ones that are specific to Fantasmic. If there's a second show, take it. Well, first off, the second show that applies to any show at any park. If there is a second show, you go to the second show. That's a good point. Okay, so not necessarily Fantasmic. Any show in any park. If there's a second show, you go to it. You don't waste fast passes on them. And you get a dining package only for Fantasmic. Let me. Let me yeah, let me I wouldn't. One. I wouldn't get a dining package for Rivers of Light. Yeah. So, God, I, I wouldn't go to Rivers of Light. But <laughs> you, you you do the second show and you do not waste a fast pass. And let me explain to you why that's so critical. One, everyone wants the first show. Think about it. Disney is more of a family oriented park. So if there's a later show, likelihood is somebody would knock out the earlier one and go. What can you do during the early show? You can ride. Pretty much, you name it, you get on that attraction. I can remember back in the days that Magic Kingdom had a nighttime parade, which unfortunately they do not currently. There was there was typically two showings of the nighttime parade, especially in the peak season with the hours, uh, you know, the summer hours. We would just ride Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, Big Thunder, Haunted Mansion, you name it, repeatedly. Fantasmic's the same thing. You, you go to to Hollywood Studios in its heyday, you could ride great movie ride. Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster repeatedly. So these are all big show tips. And, and the dining package we refer to, you've heard us talk about it if you've listened to any podcast, but if you are new, uh, there is a, a dining package option. 
best restaurant to do this at is Mama Melrose's, not only for the single dining credit, but for the fact that I think the food's just better for what you pay for. Brown Derby is another option, more expensive, and then Hollywood I mean, and Vine. Ho- Hollywood and Vine is not that bad. I've done it at Hollywood and Vine before, and it's 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 you know it's a Disney buffet, right? So it's not the best food. It's in the a character entire buffet. World. Yeah, I'm Disney characters. And I did get some pictures with, you know, Spring Mickey and Spring Goofy and Spring Donald. So we did get some good pictures out of it. But I, you know, you you know that the characters have changed for lunch, and. I, I don't even know what they are. If you have children and you watch Disney Channel more often than I do, you probably know who the characters are. But it, it I was, I think they saw last time I went, it was two adults that didn't have any kids and didn't look totally interested in the characters visiting us. And Disney has a feel for if you really want to, you know, you can tell them, you know, we're, we're just here to eat. We're so here you guys went to package. Hollywood and Vine for lunch? Uh, the time my wife and I went, we did. We went for lunch and we actually told our waitress that trip, hey, we're, we're here to just dine. There's children sitting on both ends of you know the table next to us and the table after us. And I said, just just you can skip us. You, you know, let the characters visit with the children. We don't need to, because it wasn't the Mickey, Minnie, Goofy. You know, it was characters we weren't familiar with. Yeah. Now it's changing gears here. Going over to uh, let's say we, let's say we go to Epcot. Doing some dining in certain restaurants can land you a great illumination seat. Um, if we're looking at the countries, Japan, Mexico, and France. And obviously, if you're 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 not going to eat it indoors at Mexico because you're not going to get a v- good view there. The food's terrible there too. So the the food is terrible there. In France, it's at Chefs de France, which is only one table service credit. So yeah, get a get a route or a, a a reservation at one of those three countries: France, Japan, or Mexico. You can watch the fireworks from there. You know, I've talked about it in the past on this podcast, watching the fireworks or watching illuminations from Germany. Right outside of the beer garden, I got some beers. We got a table. But you do have to get that a little early before the uh, before the illuminations actually starts. Yeah. But there's a, I mean, really, there's no bad locations to watch illuminations from in World Showcase, is there? Well, if, if we're just talking about show tips and we're not revolving around dinner reservations, I actually watch Illuminations from sh- pretty much the furthest point back going towards Spaceship Earth. Now, that is In because I've, world. Yeah, I've seen it a lot, but that's the quickest exit, too. And at that point in the day, because I have seen Illuminations a lot, I'm, I'm already thinking about our exit point. Now, if we, if we um, shift this thinking to Magic Kingdom showtimes, so Happily Ever After, I think California Grill and Polynesian are probably your two best bets that are, you know, California Grill is pretty commonly met, but it is a restaurant, so it's going to be a smaller crowd. And then Polynesian, that's pretty good. That's pretty good secret. I've, I've been like, I have been, yeah, I have been in Orlando and not on my vacation yet and watched the nighttime show from Polynesian. Uh, And Ohana, actually, my wife was there and they turn the lights off in Ohana, pump the music in. And if you uh, request a window seat, you've got a pretty good view of uh, Happily Ever After. So there are other options. And depending on what time of year you go to Magic Kingdom, you may not have a problem with crowds for Happily Ever After. Yeah, you know, uh, well, we did. We did not so scary and saw a different show. But for my wife and I's trip, where we went just, just us two for a weekend. She, I kind of followed her. She navigated us to an incredible spot. Uh, for what was wishes, then it was not happily ever after yet. R.I.P. Wishes, wish we could turn back time. R.I.P. If I could turn back time. Um, 
dun, dun. <laughs> but our our last our last trip was uh, we also had a great great seat for the uh, fireworks. That was share, by the way. Yeah, I'm aware. Now uh, moving over, staying in the parks. One of our last tips and tricks would be revolving around attractions, right? That's what Pete and I always hammer for the reason you go to. Go to Disney. I mean, that's why you. That's why you go to Disney World is to, is for the attractions, right? Give me your favorite. Give me your favorite uh, attraction tip. Single rider lines. I'm with if, you. If you do, if you don't care about who you sit with, single rider lines are the best way to get on as many attractions as you can. I'm with you here. I'm, I'm 100% and there. With there you. are so many. There are so many attractions that have single rider lines. You know, it's not as many as you would hope. If you think about but it, but it's, it's it's still a lot. You know, test track's a good one. The, the downside there, and let, let, let's explain the downsides. The downside at Test Track, you don't get to design your own car. The downside at Expedition Everest, you don't get to go through the queue. You miss the queue. The What about at Rock and Roller Coaster? There's no downside. No. No downside at Rock and Roller Coaster. Pandora, the world of Avatar, um, Flight of Passage in there will have a single rider line. It has not been open to my knowledge. Eventually, they'll have one. The The downside there is the same downside in the Fast Pass line. You don't get to go through the queue. I think you missed the queue, yeah. And that queue's, and again, I don't have personal experience here because I landed two Fast Passes, but that queue is supposedly ridiculous. So I've, I've heard incredible things. If, if you and your wife or you and your buddies don't want to do, uh, are fine rather splitting up, even if you, have, if you have kids, I will tell you, you can wait all the way on the single lot of ride until they get on the ride. So it's not like you're just sending a kid there on his own, uh, his or her own. Yeah, it's it's literally just the ride that you go by yourself on. And and if you sandwich that, maybe it's two parents and you guys go single rider, send one parent first, then the kids, and then the the, the second parent last, and your kids will always be watched by a parent except for the moment they're on the attraction. And we did single rider on X or on uh, Rock and Roller Coaster at the Men Disney trip, right? We did. Yep. I mean, not not bad. No, right? I, it doesn't. You don't get to me. pick who you ride with, obviously, but but who cares? I mean, yeah, exactly. I guess Who for the cares? pictures. You're still I mean, riding the attraction. You probably at least want to go through the attraction one time with your family or your friends or whoever you're with so for the pictures you can get. But other than that, not a big deal. Another one that's big, uh, rider switch for parents. What Disney will do, say you have a child that's not quite tall enough to ride an attraction, you can do something called the rider switch. And so while one parent rides, you, you wait in the line, one parent rides, the other parent stands with the child. And then you just switch. They don't make you re-wait in line. They don't. You don't lose your opportunity. Just explain it to the cast member, and and they'll accommodate you. And one of the cool things that Pete and I have most recently discovered, there is a cut the line pass if you have a child that is too short. So what you can tell the cast member is, hey, child's too short. We're doing the, you know, the rider switch, but can we get a voucher for when he or she is tall enough? And you now, can. Do these have any expiration date on them? I don't think so. So it's it's pretty much because a, they're re, they're rewarding you for waiting in the line. Yeah. The, and another interesting thing for the rider switch, they do like a fast pass system with it kind of. They give you like a voucher that you can come back and, and ride it. We got that's how we got on Navi River Journey. The guy had already done it and gave me the voucher. Uh another attraction tip that I'm partial to. And and we this was a Disney secret, I think. Last last week, right? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I believe. Always go left. Always go left. And I don't know that I agree with this 100%, but... Well, we're going with it until there's a reason not to. But but there there are a couple of rides where the right is shorter. I, I think of Splash Mountain going right is shorter. 
Going right is shorter. Where? Yeah, because you don't have to walk over the bridge and onto the other side. In the queue? Or are you talking about walking up to the attraction? I'm talking about in the queue. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, so my my example is always Tower of Terror. Yeah. Tower of Terror, you're right. But again, we've talked about this before. I think the natural human reaction is to go right. So I think if you go left, you're going to avoid a lot of the people that are going right. Yep. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean gives you the option, doesn't it? It does. And so does... Uh, does Frozen give you the option too? I don't know about Frozen, but Splash, or Space Mountain does sometimes. Space Mountain does sometimes, yep. What's another one? What's another one the, you're going? The other thing I'll say about Fast Passes... Keep trying for the fast pass you want, even if it's a day of. Mm-hmm. Once you've used your first three fast passes, let's say you're at Epcot, you've used your first three fast passes. So they're Soren, the Land, and Nemo and Friends, whatever. You really want a frozen fast pass. Keep trying. Keep getting on the My Disney Experience app. Keep looking. You may get it eventually. And I, this is not a guaranteed. But people change it in and out of fast passes all the time. I mean, we lucked into a frozen fast pass on the Menu Disney trip. We did, and this is the same way I lucked into a second flight of passage fast pass. So just keep looking. I mean, don't ever give up with your fast passes. Even if you're standing in line waiting to get on the fast pass line, don't give up looking at and changing fast passes because you may get something better. I think I think that's a really good point. You know, lastly, and this is pretty basic, but Hit the popular attractions first. We we've we've hit on this in other categories that we've shared. This is pretty self-explanatory. Hit the popular it, ones first. It is. If you go to Magic Kingdom, if you get to Magic Kingdom at Rope Drop, don't go to Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. Go to Space Mountain. Go to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Go to Splash Mountain. Go to the popular rides first. It's so important. Yeah. Go not- to Peter Pan. If if you don't, you're gonna miss those rides. If you do, getting to the park at Rope Drop is going to it's going to be like two or three extra fast passes for you. Mm-hmm. And then and then one side one, this is something that we did for attraction tips. If you do have children, figure out maybe a game you can play while you're waiting in line. If you are waiting in the standby line or figure out maybe a snack they can eat. Just something to pass the time. I agree. It, it makes waiting in line so much better. I can't tell you, I'm pretty old now, but when I was younger, waiting in line was a miserable experience. I don't mind it as much now, especially... Depending on who I'm with, on the Mendu Disney trip, we had enough to talk about, we had enough jokes, whatever, that waiting in line wasn't a big deal. But when I was younger, waiting in line is is a pain. It sucks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So so figure out something to do, whether it's Disney I Spy. We I mean, I've seen people playing heads up, I've I've seen people playing Catan in line. Yep. Figure out something to do to to make that line time go a lot faster. And and lastly, this is something that's probably the underlying theme. Plan for your Disney trip. Plan for all these things. These tips are, are all very useful uh, while you're in the park. But plan your day. Plan how to navigate the park. Plan what you want to do. Plan and, and where if you're you, willing if to If you more. can't plan it, get a travel agent that can plan it for you. Yeah. Again, Destination with Character is, is a great example. But if you can't plan it, get somebody to plan it for you. Anything else? I think, I think it's time for the secret and the trivia question. Let's do it. Let's go to the tri- secret and the trivia question. What do we got this week? So the uh, Disney World secret, Disney secret of the night, secret of the week. Uh, Disney World's clearly known as being the happiest place on earth. We've shared that uh, as a trivia question, actually, but it's certainly not the cheapest. Uh, this is not something Pete and I have ever shot away from. It is not a cheap vacation. 
But do you know that if you have $3.50 in your pocket right now, well, you can buy a bottle of water at the Magic Kingdom. Congratulations. However, when the park first opened in 1971, admission was only $3.50. That's uh, now, insane. Nowadays, a ticket runs you, you know, 100, 110, 100 100, bucks. 120 bucks, depending uh, on when you visit and which park. And while you don't have to pay for rides as you did previously, uh, it's still pretty, pretty expensive. Uh, when the first, when the park actually first opened, each ride was assigned a class from A to B, uh, and later all the way through E. And Disney operated on a pay per ride system, with the cost of each ride set at one coupon from its corresponding class. A ticket rides were the smallest and least popular, with E ticket rides being the most popular attractions, which comes to the name E ticket attraction. But by 1982, the coupon system was phased out completely, and Disney moved to the system you see today. However, we still, and you'll hear people still refer to big attractions like Rock and Roller Coaster, Splash Mountain, Tower of Terror, and of course Space Mountain as e-ticket attractions at Disney World. So if you ever wonder where that came from, that is a little bit of history there. Now moving over to our trivia question from last week. This was one that Pete came up with for you guys, and it was, who was the first athlete to say we're going to Disney World after winning a championship? As you can imagine, it was after a Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl twenty-one where the New York Giants beat the Denver Broncos. The player, the athlete that we were referring to, was Phil Simms. Uh, and this was uh, 1986. Remember, Quarter, Quarterback for the Giants. Yeah, we mentioned he was a career New York Giant. That was our tip that we gave you. Uh, and so if you, if you Googled or cheated, which no one does out there, uh, that would have led you to the answer. Now, this week's trivia question is in line with our secret. We, we were talking about what things cost in 71 or in, in 82, for example. But we're going to share a little, of that, little bit of that in our trivia question. So it's a, a four-part trivia question, really. Here goes nothing. What was the first year that Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party was held at the Magic Kingdom? And what was the first year of the Very Merry Christmas party? Uh, so we're looking for the year that it took place uh, for the first time. And we want to ask for the ticket prices of each. What was the hard ticket price of each? Uh, again, what was the first year that Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party and Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party took place? I'll give you a hint. It is separate years. It did not take place on the same year for the first time. And what was the hard ticket price for each of them? You can send your answers into our Twitter account at men do WDW podcast or you can email them to us at men do WDW at gmail.com. Looking, uh, you know, we're looking forward to all the submissions, and we cannot wait to share this answer with you. Okay, so if you don't have anything else, that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at MendoWDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have your time. We'll see you next week.